Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Hello, Kevin and Lisa here with another episode of How to Catholic. It's season two, episode five, How to Transitions from Enemy to Opportunity. It's summer, which is a season of transitions. And whether you're going through a major transition right now or just a very small one, we want to help you make the most of this time. Today, we're going to be talking about five tips for making transitions from the practical to the spiritual. In Scripture, God is constantly working through transitions. He wants to work with you through your transitions as well. Stay right here. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening. Or evening, yeah. Hey. (laughs) Wherever you are, good to you. (laughs) I think that works. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Kevin and Lisa. Heck of an introduction. Hey, I try. Um, It's summer. We love summer. It's it's summer now. I guess if you're listening to this in the winter, it's not summer. That would be disappointing. In our world, it's summer, and things are beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, The mountain outside our house is actually green. It's called Green Mountain. Which it's great that it matches its name. Yeah, that's important things like that, you know? So with it being summer, we are talking about transitions today because summer is a big time for transitions. Mm -hmm. A lot of time to start a new job. People are moving. A lot of weddings. We have a wedding tomorrow. Mm -hmm. A lot of weddings. There seems to be a lot of babies born in the summer. I mean, there's a lot Mm. of babies born always when you're Catholic. (laughs) I'm doing the math, so I'm just trying to figure out why. But sure, there's a lot of babies born in the summer. A lot of transitions going on. So we thought today we would talk about how to transitions. And I think this merits a topic because for most of us, times of transitions can be a little bit stressful. Is Mm -hmm. that fair? Yeah. Yeah, at least they are for me. So maybe I'm not good at them, um, but I'm working on them. And we're doing a podcast on how do we transition well during these major life changes. Lisa, can I tell you about a transition I'm going through right now? Actually, we're both going through it. Really? Yeah. You don't... Yeah. So let me... <laughs> so it's kind of minor, but when we sleep at night and we change over the summer, all of a sudden at night, it's either like really hot or really cold in our house. And I feel like our bodies have to transition to sleep better. That's it. It's a minor transition. It's a minor, but hey, that's the point. Some of the transitions in our life could be major or they could be really small things. But I think we're always, in a lot of ways, going through transitions. And this is just a season of transitions. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about some tips today for what to do in transitions, more particularly those big transitions. Mm -hmm. Um, But Kevin, why don't you give us kind of some spiritual vision before we get going here? (sighs) Well, I think transitions are interesting because when we look at scripture... God's often either provoking people to transition. He's asking them to go on a journey. So think of people like Abraham or think of uh, people like Moses, right? Like God calls them to actually go on a journey. So I think a lot of times in our transition, realizing whether we feel like God is calling to us and provoking us on that transition or we just think it's happening naturally. In some way, shape, or form, I think a lot of times God is calling us to make these moves. He's instigating it. And at the same time, he's working through it. And so whether it's Abraham or Moses or Elijah, all these these figures who are going on journeys, 
uh, they're transitioning in, in whatever way it is, God is working on them through that transition. And so rather than looking at transitions and saying, oh, it's just something I have to get through, or it's just something that is happening and I can't wait to get back to stability, just really realizing that God can work through that situation and allow him to do that even when we feel a bit chaotic or stressful or all over the place. Yes. So transitions, though, we can't look at them as an enemy Mm -hmm. because they're going to happen, but more so as an opportunity. I love it. Yes. That's like catchy and stuff. Ooh, I could could cross-stitch that if I cross-stitched. Yeah. Like on a pillow. That'd be great. Or you could create a hashtag. Yeah. Transitions are not the enemy. They're an opportunity. Yeah. Mm, Okay. Mm. I sounded really smart for a minute there. That was fun. It was fun. So today we're going to look at five tips for transitions. Lisa, do you want to start us off with our first tip? Yes. So our first tip, super practical, is to get more sleep. Yeah. That sounds great. I like where this is going. (laughs) I love sleep. Why sleep? Here's the thing we have to recognize when we're going through transitions is it can be really a challenge because there's a lot to get done. And oftentimes just naturally we're going to get less sleep because mm-hmm. we want to unpack those boxes or we want to check off those to-dos that have to do with the time of transition. Or maybe we have a new baby and we can't help it. We're just getting less sleep. But we want to do whatever we can to get more sleep because when we're in a time of transition, our brain is working harder than it is when we are in a time of stability and things kind of can go on autopilot. So we actually need more sleep, not just because we're probably naturally going to bed later or getting less sleep, but we also need to have more recovery time from our brain. And so for the reason for this is because when we're going through transitions, we're having to learn new systems. So our brain has to think about things because we're developing new patterns and new habits, whereas before we could just kind of grab them. So um, an example, this is a silly example, but we just are wrapping up here this massive purge of our house, which I've been talking about a lot on the podcast, but it's a huge part of my life right now. It's been six weeks. I've been spending literally hours a week doing this and it's very, very close to being done. I'll be done next week probably. And one of the things we did is we rearranged kind of where things were at in our bathroom medicine cabinet. And this is so simple, but I moved the Q-tips from the top shelf to the middle shelf on the medicine cabinet. And it was... That's huge. It's really big. It's really big. But my brain for about three weeks kept grabbing for the Q-tips off the top shelf because it hadn't yet made the connection that that's not where the Q-tips are because the Q-tips were on the top shelf for like five years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So to move them, all of a sudden my brain had to think about it. And while that's just one minor thing, if you've just moved, your brain has to think hard. Like, where is the silverware? Where are the cups? Where did I put my, um, you know, my shirts in the closet? Like, you have everything you do, you have to think about it. Or if you're in a new job, even simple things like your new morning routine, driving to work. Like, your Mm -hmm. brain is thinking really hard. How do I get there? Or you get into the office and it's, what do I do first? And so you're thinking a lot more when you're going through transitions. So you need more sleep to recover from that time. Yeah. And if you want more on this, we did the how to habit episode, which is a little bit how to create habits and why our brains work the way they do in this regard. Also, you switched where the sandwich bags go. And it's just been this week that I've been not pulling the bottom shelf instead of the middle shelf. It's it's amazing how our brains work. Yeah. And, And like you're saying, it's so much harder. Our brains have to work so much harder 
to remember what to do when we're out of those habits. Mm -hmm. Our brain power is more. It's just like uh, the example of traveling, right? And when we travel, we're often exhausted. We're like, why am I so tired? Like, I walked through an airport and I sat on a plane and then like walked off. Like, maybe there's jet lag involved, but a lot of times it's because you're just everything you did that day is not normal. And you're constantly, your brain's constantly thinking, what's next? What's next? What do I do? How do I do this? And it has to think at all times for the most part. And so, yeah, just realizing that that's, that's where you're at. Yeah. And sleep, sleep is the solution to help you, your brain recover. Sleep is amazing to help your brain recover and to tap into that power to, to do that. Um, even when it's hard and even if you're really busy, make that time. It's huge. Totally. Totally. So that's tip number one is to get more sleep. So tip number one, get more sleep. What's our second tip, Lisa? I like this one. Our second tip is to pick a patron. It's This is very different than our very practical first tip. I know, but I think there's still some practicality to this. Anytime we have a big undertaking, whether it be moving or um, new job, I, I love being able to pick a, a patron for that. Somebody who we're going to specifically ask to pray for us during this time. And it doesn't have to be a capital S saint. Um, you can pick people in your own life who have passed away who can kind of be your patron for that. So maybe it's somebody who would really understand who a friend of yours who, who maybe now is in heaven, who would understand the transition well. And so you call on them. So my, my fun example of this is when we moved to Denver, what, 10 years ago, eight years ago? It was a long time ago, eight years ago. Eight. We needed a house. And so mm-hmm. the first person you would think of would be St. Joseph because he's, he's the moving patron saint anytime. You bury him upside down when you try to sell your house. He built probably houses. I think that's why he's the patron saint of houses. Yeah. I still don't understand why we have to bury him upside down though. I really, I'm curious. What is the theory behind that? I'm going to, I'm going to look that up. Yeah, that's good. But we decided we didn't go St. Joseph. The patron that we picked of our move is actually Kevin's grandparents. They're pretty saintly. They are. Yes. And they are in heaven. So we put them in charge of our house. I mean, we think they're in heaven. We're not like certain. But okay, think they, so. they haven't been canonized, I but <laughs> I believe and have hope that they are I, in heaven. Yes, I do. You have know what? that belief and hope. We do know they're in heaven. Here's why. <laughs> oh, boy. Go ahead. <laughs> because yep. when we were making this move, so Ann and Ed for a while lived in Denver, Kevin's dad's parents. And so we were moving to Denver. So I said, I am putting Ann and Ed on this move. They are the ones who are going to find us a house. Mm-hmm. It took them a long time. Maybe we should have <laughs> gone with St. Joseph. <laughs> it took about 60 houses no it was over, it was 80 no i thought we were in the 80s i thought we were in the 60s it took four like four trips four separate trips from kansas city metropolitan area yeah, to Denver to find the right house it had to be in the right area it had to be in the right price range which was not well, a, a very price large range. <laughs> yeah, not many options and but the amazing thing so we you know we were asking you know and you got to tell jesus we need a house help us find a house so we finally find the house and after we buy the house kevin's mom points out oh cherry ann and ed lived on cherry when they were in denver so i knew i was like yes there we go See? miracle number one miracle confirms <laughs> we just need two more <laughs> I think that counts as a miracle. Anyways, so it was really cool. So we lived on on Cherry Way in our house, and when they were here, they lived on Cherry Street. And so it's just cool to know. It was nice to have someone to to turn to, someone to kind of ask for, um, just prayers for, and just to know, like, it's going to be okay. Ann and Ed have it. They're praying for us. And I think uh, just going back to the vision for transitions, how God can work through them, I think the the patron saint's so key because it just allows us to go back 
to that and realize that as we're going through this experience, we want to ask God for help. And so it's just a really super practical way to, to call on him through the prayers of other people to say, in this time, I can't rely on myself. I need to rely on you. And I think that's ultimately what transitions often cause us. They get us out of those habits and those genes. And we say, God, we need you to work. And that's always been the case. We just recognize it. And so, yeah, this is a great, great way to do that. So that was our second tip. Pick a patron. Now it's time for our hack and highlight. Lisa, do you want to give uh, the hack here for us? Yeah. So our hack today is um, inspired by a friend of ours, Brian, who we had on season one, episode 14 for how to life hacking. He has this blog post and we're going to put in the show notes on how to get your iPhone to read to you. So it's kind of this little process, but you can uh, set it up so you can highlight the text that you want to have read to you and it can read it to you. And here's why I like this, because one of my goals before Sunday Mass is to be able to read through the readings. So when I get there, I'm familiar with them, and I can kind of meditate on them a little better instead of Mm -hmm. hearing them for the first time um, for that week. And then losing concentration and staring at the ceiling or something. Yeah, or losing concentration because my child thinks they need another drink of water. Also a possibility. Also a possibility, yeah. Yeah, as a parent, you don't always hear all the readings, so it's nice to get yeah. to read them beforehand. So, but the problem is, um, you know, when you're driving, then you can't read while you drive, but that's kind of your moment when you realize, I'm about to go to Mass. I can't actually read them anymore unless I get there a little early. So, here's our, here's our hack right here. If you download the Laudete app, they have in the app, a place where you can go to get all of the readings for the day on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You can say all the readings together. So you get that, you open it up for you, when you're in the car, you highlight it and it'll highlight, you know, all of the readings, including the Psalms. And then you tell it to read it to you. So as you're driving, your iPhone is reading the mass readings to you to help you kind of begin to prepare as you head into mass. That's, That's a Catholic hack right yeah, there. Yeah, There you go. You make Siri read to you. That's right. That's Get Siri to read you the mass readings yeah. beforehand. Make, it's, make it's, her preach the gospel. It's the last minute option right there. Yeah, that's really cool. So that's our hack. How about our highlight, Kevin? You got our highlight today. Our highlight is uh, a guy named Mountain. What a name. And I'm not quite sure how to say Mountain's last name. I think it's Baturek if I had to guess. But really when your first name's Mountain, you don't really need a last name. No, your it's like Prince. Yeah. You're just, you're just Mountain. So Mountain, why I love Mountain, he has this website and this um, business. It's called thecatholictraveler.com. And Mountain takes people on pilgrimages uh, all over Europe uh, to the Holy Land as well. He lives in Rome, and so he specializes in that. And I love the the flexibility. He's kind of like a Catholic Rick Steves in a lot of ways. He just knows these, except for Catholics. So he he knows these places so well and can give really great uh, tours and information on a lot of different holy sites. So uh, if you need... Uh, if you're going on a big pilgrimage, he could lead you all week. If you just want like a day tour in the morning or afternoon to a particular set of churches, he does that in Rome as well. And uh, when we went to Rome, we thought about using him. It was a little bit difficult trying to figure out. We had the kids and so yeah. schedules were not, to have anything set on the schedule yeah. was hard. Yeah, because we just didn't know when we were going to be able to wake up and actually get out the door. And so just hard to tell someone like, hey. Let's hire you for this t- time period because we didn't know what that time period would be. But it was crazy. We ended up actually running into him on the day that we were thinking about using him in the one of the churches that, yeah, we wanted to explore. Yeah. So St. Mary Major. Yes. Uh, no, he was actually, was it Mary, Mary Major? Oh, it was, it was John Lateran. Yep. 
And uh, so ran into him and he had actually that week been on like every single major news media because he was given a tour to somebody and they actually met the Pope and the Pope like hug and kiss that girl. It was his, it was his goddaughter. Yeah. His his niece. And it was over like, it was on every major news network and he did all these interviews. You you have to explain why, why? Because the Pope hugs kids all the time. I don't remember. Uh, oh, you don't remember why? I don't remember why. Because she's still a Zucchetta. Oh, that's yeah. right. I forgot. <laughs> you probably saw it in your feed yeah. because yeah. it was it was everywhere. Yeah, it was, she was the little girl and we got to meet her. Yeah. And there was like, for one instant, I was like, I should get a picture with her. And I was like, that's weird and creepy. Never mind. <laughs> like, I'm not going to ask. Uh, but it was just so cute. Yeah, she she had seen the a couple people previously take take the Pope's Zucchetta because you can trade there's a little another uh, tip for you yep. if you go to Rome you buy a Zucchetta if you meet the Pope you can trade the hat you can actually get his hat and he takes your new one and so he had done that so she was watching him take off his hat and give it to people <laughs> she didn't have a hat to trade so she just thought I'll just take his hat she just took the hat yeah that was great. Such a nice guy, though. Super helpful. Just amazing. So if you're if you're going to Rome or just taking a pilgrimage, maybe to the Holy Land or somewhere else, really, I would consider uh, Mountain. Mountain. And again, that website is thecatholictraveler.com. Follow him on Facebook. He just has awesome videos on Facebook and really engaging stuff from Rome. Really awesome stories. Uh, just a fantastic tour guide. So highly Excellent. recommend that. Yes. And just as a reminder, if you have any Catholic hacks, please pass them our way you can email us at hello at made to magnify.com or you can tweet them out to us kevin is at kevin r cotter and i am at lisa ann cotter and with no e we'd love to hear your catholic hacks and we'd love to share them with everybody on the show that's right all right well today we're looking at five tips for transitions we've done two tips lisa what is our third tip how to make it through transitions well our third tip is to schedule the most important things I don't know about you. Actually, I do because I'm married to you and I've seen you do it. (laughs) I don't know about you, listener, but whenever we go through a major time of transition, the first thing that goes for me is exercise. I just like it's out the window. I don't get it done. And then the second thing, sadly, is prayer. That's the next thing on my list. Um, And then pretty much I just eat and do what needs to be done (laughs) during times of (laughs) transitions, especially initially. Um, but that's not the way we want to live. We've really got to try to keep our routines as much as we can because so much is upheaved and so much is changing that we as creatures of habit really crave some normalcy. So you need to keep doing some of those regular routine things that you do, such as exercise, hopefully, and prayer, hopefully. Um, hopefully it's not binging on Netflix. Maybe if that's mm-hmm. your habit, then maybe... Hey, throw it, throw it out while you're uh, going through transition and create new habits. I don't know. Yeah, and this is, I think this is the opportunity that, and, and also the caution that transitions have is sometimes when we go through transition and we're starting a new stage in life, we actually begin to set habits from some of that chaos. So like you mentioned with Netflix, it's like, well, how did I get to watch Netflix or binge this much? Oh, well, when I, I was transitioning and I had a hard time, I started to do this thing, and now three months later, I'm not transitioning anymore, but I still have that habit. Yeah. But conversely, transitions are also a great way to set new habits because you're all of a sudden in a new atmosphere, in a new uh, setting, and it almost gives you a restart button. So if you're look going, I don't exercise, and actually I don't pray, and I, I didn't do that before, we'll take this time with this transition to say, all right, this is how my new life is going to be. This is how it is going to be from now on. And that trans- again, that transition is an opportunity. Um to do something so it's not an enemy it's not an enemy no i haven't you i haven't made it as catchy as you yeah <laughs> no 
an enemy. <laughs> Opportunity. Yes. And this is a great time if you know you want to set some new habits during this time uh, to really call in an accountability partner for these things and to let someone know, hey, you know I'm packing boxes or, hey, you know that we just had a new baby. Will you hold me accountable to making sure we still take at a date night? Because that's easy to throw out when you're in a season of new baby. Or will you make sure when I'm in this new town that I get a, a gym membership or that I find some running routes within the first couple of weeks here? Will you ask me about this to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing so I don't go insane and I don't lose my peace during this time? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of how many times when we had folks in focus and are at the whole year, you know, they're, they're doing great, they're praying. And all of a sudden you call them, you know, two months into summer. It's like, how's it going? And they're like, oh, uh, well... You know, and you're just like, why didn't I call them earlier? You know, we just need people to snap us out of, yeah, a certain funk that we get into or like, oh, I just got busy. Okay, are you busy now? No, but I, I set that pattern. So it's huge. All right, that was our third tip. Schedule the most important things. Lisa, what's our fourth tip? Our fourth tip is to get perspective. I know oftentimes we make decisions when it comes to transitions. So we decide I'm going to move or I'm going to start this job or I'm going to be open to life and God gave us a new baby, whatever it is. And it can be, sometimes you can, you can doubt that decision (laughs) and you can go, wait, why did I do this again? Like, why Hmm. am I in this new city? Why am I in this new job? And we can lose sight of why we made the decision. So The suggestion we're going to give here to get perspective is to spend some time writing down why you're making this decision. Why are you doing this? And then when you hit those moments where you regret that decision or you think maybe I misdiscerned or I did something wrong, go back to that list and read through it and remind yourself, okay, yes, this is hard right now, but here's why I'm doing this. Here's why I made this decision. Here's why we made this move and allow yourself to have some perspective so you don't get frustrated, but you can you can kind of see that vision that you originally set out for and look for look for that future that's coming. Yeah, it kind of gets you out of the crazy loop. You know, you just get into that point where like, this is hard and I don't want to be here. And then you forget all the reasons why. Um, it just kind of, yeah, it reminds you of reality. And also like if things are going really bad, just realizing that God's still taking you somewhere and he's going to bring good out of it. And you have to be open to that that goodness as well, even when you're like, I don't see anything that's happening that's good here, you know? Yeah. Um, There's nothing. I have <laughs> I have no positives. My right list now. is blank. Uh, <laughs> right. It's not because God 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 can use that. Yeah, He's gonna work through it. So Yep. And just remember too, like all things, this too shall pass. Like you you will get out of this season of craziness. Mm-hmm. You will get out of this season of your brain working really hard trying to figure out how to remember that I moved the sandwich baggies again. Not that That's cleaning so the house was a major transition, but... I, you wouldn't believe the list I had to make after the sandwich baggies <laughs> changed to remind <laughs> myself to get through this. Right. Pray for me. I know. You just got past the Q-tips, and then I went and changed the kitchen. It's really hard. Why, God? No. Why? I know. Yeah, that wasn't really a transition, but it, it was a season of changing changes, I guess. So, so it's our, our fourth tip. Get mm-hmm. perspective. That list can help remind you of that perspective so you don't just have it once, but when it gets hard, you're reminded of that. Lisa, what's what's our fifth tip? I like this one. Our last tip is to give yourself grace. Give yourself grace. Major transitions, they're going to take longer than you want. They just are. I know every time we move, I want the house unpacked within 12 <laughs> hours. <laughs> like Everything needs its home now. 
And I just, I want to be, I want to be done with it. Like I want to get past that transition as fast as I can. Um, but just to remind yourself, it, it's going to take longer. And I think for particularly large transitions, I even give myself a year each time we've moved. And we've mm-hmm. moved, what, like five or six times? You give yourself a year? Well, I mean, <laughs> mentally, I had to tell myself, it's going to take a year before yep. we really settle. Because mm-hmm. you have to get through all the seasons. You have Silly things like, where's the Christmas tree going to go? Yep. I'm not going to know that until I've gone through a full year. Or... Um, what is the yard going to look like when we have to do yard work? It's always fun when you buy a new house. If you don't, if you buy it in the winter and you move in, you actually don't know what's happening in the spring. You don't know what flowers have been planted. You don't know what, yeah. what, you know, you killed because <laughs> that's usually what happens to us. I'm like, Oh, oh. We, we should have pruned that or something. <laughs> that was a plant, not a weed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it takes, it really does. It takes a full year oftentimes or, or in the work world, it takes a full year of getting through what do the seasons in the office look like? Mm-hmm. What does um, the new fiscal year, how does that transition look like? It, it, you know, it just, it takes a year for so many things. Um, most recently, the, a big transition we went through is we stopped homeschooling this last year. And our, our kids, kids don't, they don't go to school anymore. We they, just, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kids. We're just not going to homeschool you anymore. We've had enough. No, we sent them to a fantastic Catholic school. And people kept asking, well, how's it going? And my response was usually good, but I need to get through a whole year. Because there were so many things on the calendar that I didn't quite understand. Like, what is this pedal palooza thing? You know, I just, I needed a full year of experiencing the whole cycle and us having a normal you know, traditional summer for me to understand what is it like for my kids to be in school. So I'm really looking forward to next year because I think next year's the year where I can go, okay, here's what it typically is going to be like. And my brain's not going to have to work as hard trying to decipher what everything on the calendar's for. And do I need to be at this event? Is this an important one? Or is this just an FYI, you can be here if you want type of events. And so it just, it takes a full year. So give yourself grace in that knowing whatever your transition is, it's just going to take longer than you want and just be okay with that. Yeah. When you don't have that knowledge, sometimes you have to guess. And so you can feel really silly. Like I can't believe I spent that much time. And in reality, that wasn't a very big deal. Like whatever it's that office party or it's pedal palooza at school or it's whatever it is. And you're like, I miss, or the, the converse of like, I didn't realize that was such a big deal. And the fact that I didn't go to those things in the fall now I feel like I didn't make the friend. And so you, you start to beat yourself up of you made all these wrong decisions. You weren't thinking. You didn't ask the right questions. Really, you just say, how was I supposed to know? And give your give yourself that grace to, to realize I'm in transition. I don't know all these things. That's how life works, and that's how transitions work. Excellent. Cool. So our five tips today for transition, let's review them. They were get more sleep which was an awesome one. I love sleep. Pick a patron saint, really trying to understand that God is in transitions and using prayer, and particularly a patron saint to help us with that. Our third tip was to schedule the most important things. So we often let exercise and prayer, these things that we need during transitions, we let those go, but we actually want to put those big rocks in first. The fourth tip was to get perspective, make a list, try to understand why this transition is happening and remind us of that list when it gets hard. And the last one was to give ourselves grace, to realize transitions are difficult. We might not always make the right decisions or know exactly what to do, but really to be easy on yourself in that as well. 
So those are our five tips. Lisa, what is our how-to challenge for the week? So this week, it's going to be twofold. First, for those who are going through a transition, we're going to challenge you to write down your list of why you are doing what you're doing and why you discerned that decision, made that decision. Do it when you're calm, not when you're in the heat of the moment because you're going to make a bad list. Um, and then take a picture of it and have it on your phone. And then when you need it and, and you just, you're at a new grocery store and you're tired of trying to figure out where are the Cheerios, pull out that list, just take a deep breath and say, it's going to be okay. Here's why we're doing what we're doing. And, and it's going to get better. It's going to be good. And buy yourself some donuts instead of the Cheerios. <laughs> <That's> It'll be <laughs> great. <laughs> give yourself some grace. That's right. Or give yourself some donuts. And then if you are not currently in the midst of a big transition, our challenge to you is to do something kind for somebody who is. So bring cookies to the new neighbor. We just, we don't do that anymore in our world. Um, or take a meal to that family that just had a baby or offer to that friend to come help pack boxes and um, send them off as, as they get ready to move. All right. Well, that is our show for today. Whether you're going through a transition, big or small, we hope that this episode's been helpful to you. And before we go, we have a request. Would you consider rating our podcast on iTunes? We all use ratings online to buy products or to choose what we listen to. Your rating helps us um, help more people discover our show. So thank you in advance. And be saints. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs>